0: time right now decibel geek podcast presents geek wire the latest and greatest in the world of news all the important stuff talking about midterms no we don't need it we got rock and roll and that's what we're going to talk about today when we say the important news that's what we're going to be telling you about my name is aaron camaro joined as always by my man with the facts jack it's chris sinzak how you doing brother
1: i'm good it's a uh nice to officially unveil the geek wire switchover is no longer new noise too confusing i think this makes more sense
0: yeah i think so too because you're right you know when people think new noise i think that's something like radio stations like 50 years ago when they used to play new bands would say this is the new noise coming at you and it'd be some new band so i could see the confusion in that but the confusion is no more from this moment forward your weekly news segment from Decibel Geek will henceforth be known as GeekWire. Yes, sir. As I think it was meant to be from the very beginning. We should have just went with that.
1: Yeah, we, every now and then we'll reconsider an idea from 10 years ago.
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, even Bracket Buster found its way around and got twisted and changed a little bit, and now people love it when we do Friday Night Live.
1: Yeah, we're long overdue for a Friday Night Live.
0: What are you doing this Friday night?
1: I think I'm free if you want to do one.
0: I think I'm free, too. I think we should do one.
1: (laughs) Cool. Bring up, maybe get somebody to come on and hang with us, do a bracket brawl.
0: Okay, cool. Sounds good. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's been way too long since we've done one. I meant to ask you about that tonight. You know, if we could do one this Friday, I think it's a great idea.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So there you go, people. That's your first bit of news. This Friday night, 7 (laughs) p.m. Central on the YouTube or on the Facebook. Hopefully you're subscribed to Decibel Geek TV. I know that you follow us on the Facebook, so you'll get the notifications that tell you what it's all about. But Friday night, we'll go live with you guys once again. So much fun.
1: Maybe we could do a bracket brawl and a Beat the
0: Geek. Yeah, put the pressure on me, man. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Or I could be the question giver if you want to do Beat the Geek that way.
0: I was going to say, otherwise, you put together a bracket, and then I'll throw together a Beat the Geek. I'll,
1: I'll do the bracket.
0: That's all easier. right. We'll find, <laughs> find you an opponent that night, and we'll just go from there.
1: All right. Sounds good.
0: Awesome. Right on. Okay. So, you know, it's getting to be that time of year as we creep closer and closer and closer to March of 2023. The biggest news in the world of rock and roll to us is Rockin' Pod coming up in March of 2023. Got all kinds of awesome people already coming. I'm going to go ahead and run through the, the list real quick, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, on our revamped website.
0: All right, sweet. Well, that's why it's working so good. How do you say this guy's name? Matt Deese? Dice?
1: I think it's Dice.
0: Dice? The guy used to play in a band called CKY, in a band called All That Remains. I know you got to know at least one of those bands. I've heard of both. I actually mm-hmm. like CKY quite a bit. Yeah, me too. So that'll be cool. He's going to be there. we got Dave Glesner. The Rock Journalist. What's mm-hmm. Dave, Where would the people know Dave from?
1: Well, in the podcasting world, you would know him from the Talk Louder podcast. He's the co-host to one of the other guests we have, Jason McMaster.
0: Nice. Right on. Very cool. Then we've got our old friend. If you guys watched professional wrestling back in the day, talking about the Glow Ladies, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. You guys remember that? Classic stuff from back in the day. Well, if you watched any of that, then I'm sure you remember the tag team of Hollywood and Vine. They were the Hollywood rock chicks. They were mean and nasty. Well, she's really nice, and she's going to be coming to meet you at Rockin' Pot. I'm talking about Hollywood, one half of that awesome tag team. And she's a stunt woman and an actress and just an all-around awesome person. You're going to get a chance to meet her. If you know any wrestling fans that want to meet Hollywood, she's going to be there both the most rock and roll wrestling person we could find. Drew Fortier is coming back from The Lucid and uh, Zen from Mars, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome, good stuff. He's an actor and a screenwriter. He's a cool dude, man, just one of the nicest guys around. He's been a guest on the show with us before, super cool guy. You guys know Drew. Come say hi to him. Here's one you can smarten me up to. I'm not really sure if I'm familiar with her, Samantha Newark. You don't know her name, but you know
1: her voice. She was the voice of Jem from Jem and the Holograms.
0: No kidding. Wow. That is far out, man. It's totally outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second, man. I didn't watch a lot of Gem when I was a young man. <laughs>
1: I'll admit I did.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, the tie-in to rock and roll. There you go. You know, she played Gem, which was based on a rock band, mm-hmm. you know, and superheroes mixed together. So if you got somebody that loves that stuff, bring them down to Rockin' Pod. Here's somebody we're bringing back once again by popular demand. You guys loved him so much the last time. And when they did the live comedy show, this guy was out of this world funny. I'm talking about Don Jameson coming back to Rockin' Pod.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to have Don back. And a lot of you probably remember him from that metal show. And uh, That's right. He also hosts a really cool podcast on the Compound Media Network. That's uh, Anthony from Opie and Anthony's, uh, the radio show. That's his network. And, yeah, Don's excited to come back. Uh, a couple more comedians uh, still being worked on but will be announced
0: soon. Nice. I always love that aspect of that. And I see that now happening at other like rock conventions and expos and get togethers and cruises and things where the rock comedians are being brought in, you know? And I think that's awesome because I believe that you were on the forefront of combining rock and comedy the way rock and pod does. And I think a lot of people in other places said, you know what? That's a great idea. Let's do that for our expo. Let's do that for our, Mm. you know, different things that they do, you know? So you know what I'm talking about.
1: You're saying that those assholes stole my idea. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine.
0: You know, it's an idea. I'm sure you probably weren't the first one.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm totally kidding. I mean, but no, I'm mean, i happy for our friends in the comedy world to get, get more gigs and right. make more money and turn more people onto their, their art.
0: And it's easier for them because they're just sitting around joking about Kiss anyway. You might as well get up on stage and get paid for it, right? Yeah. Makes total sense to me. Here's a guy coming back that if you had a chance to meet him at the Last Rock and Pod, then I know you love this man. One of the coolest people we've ever met. Talking about the bass player extraordinaire and one of the best interviews I think we ever did on the Decibel Geek podcast. Talk about the one and only Rick Fox coming back to Rock and Pod
1: yeah excited to have Rick come back to join us and uh, you know we'll we'll mention some festivities in a minute that he's also a part of
0: nice then we've got Jason McMaster from Dangerous Toys you guys know that band man they were killer and they've been around for a while and you know Jason's gone on to do other awesome stuff and like you were saying he's a part of a really cool podcast now but Jason McMaster man Get out your Dangerous Toys LPs and your cool silver markers and bring them on down to Rockin' Pod and get your picture taken with them, meet them, ask them questions. It's the beauty of Rockin' Pod. It's really cool and open and free to talk to these rock stars and and people that you might think would be out of your reach, you know, to not be able to just go up and strike a conversation with. That's not the case at Rockin' Pod. Everybody is so cool, and everybody's talking to each other and having a good time. Here's somebody else you're going to want to talk to, a guy who has been there, done it, seen it all, photographed some of it, released some of it. I'm sure he's got some stuff that should never see the light of day for as many things as he's seen and photographed all your favorite bands. You got to imagine, 99% of all the most kick-ass rock bands in the world have been photographed at one time or another by Mark Weiss.
1: Yeah, yeah That I'm super stoked to have Mark come in. I've never gotten to meet him before, but... He put out an awesome photography book um, of his work called The Decade That Rocked and um, just heard so many amazing things about how, what a great guy he is. But yeah, I mean, Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry. I mean, there are there, there, a million album covers that were in your collections growing up, and he's going to be there.
0: Heck yeah. Look him up one time and look at all the album covers that he photographed, and you're going to want to dig in your collection and go, wow, I can get the photographer's autograph on my album. That's pretty badass. Mm -hmm. And one of my all-time personal favorites from one of my all-time personal favorite bands. Mm -hmm. I was so excited when Chris Sinzak made the announcement that my man, my fellow cheesehead, rock and roll hero, Stevie Rochelle from Tuff is coming to Rock and Pod in 2023. Stevie spends a lot of time in California. Tuff doesn't tour the way they used to. If it's been a long time since you have had the opportunity to see Stevie Rochelle, then you definitely want to be a part of Rockin' Pod twenty twenty three, for sure.
1: Yeah, Stevie's been great to work with so far. I'm excited to bring him, and uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Aaron and I come from kind of two different fandoms of his because, which I like tough, but I was never like a diehard fan or anything. I've gotten more into him thanks to Aaron, but. He, he Aaron's a fan more from the tough world. I'm a fan from his metal sludge stuff because oh, yeah. i I've been a dedicated reader of that site since nineteen ninety eight when it when it came on to the internet.
0: yeah, one of the most awesome rock news websites of all time yeah, funny, informative, outrageous, you name it, Metal sludge has been called that at one time or another. yeah the mastermind behind it all, Stevie Rochelle. Pull out your old metal sludge T-shirts. Show them off. Stevie will be impressed. He'll like that. I thought you were going to go the other direction and say you were just a big Cheeseheads with Attitude fan.
1: Well, I kind of keep that fandom hidden. <laughs> go, pack go.
0: Yeah, after this last game, no <laughs> more hiding. <laughs> so that's, I mean, a big chunk of what we got going on so far, of course, we are, we're doing the Rare Hair thing again, right?
1: Yeah, that'll be part of the, the, the pre-party concert. We just haven't done the official announcement yet, but yeah, there will be a Rare Hair concert at the pre-party.
0: So the cool thing about Rare Hair is when you got guys like Stevie Rochelle and you've got guys like Jason McMaster and you've got all these rockers coming into town, people that haven't even been announced yet. We do the Rare Hair set masterminded by the one and only Tyson Leslie. What Tyson likes to do is mix and match different musicians with different guys that they probably never played with before. Maybe you would never expect them to play together. And then play a song that's totally unexpected. I have had my mind blown so many times over the years at Rock and Pod during the Rare Hair set because you're seeing somebody up there performing something you never thought you'd see. And you're there. You're seeing it. And it's never going to happen again. A once in a lifetime opportunity with Rare Hair to see your favorite rockers up there doing something totally outside the box. Once in a lifetime opportunities with that. I'm dying to find out what Stevie's going to be doing at the Rare Hair set. I'm. That's probably the thing I'm most excited about right now.
1: Yeah, I don't even know what what he's going to do. That'll that'll be Tyson's uh, uh, area to cover. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 going to as far as jason mcmaster goes i I'd, i mean yeah i wouldn't mind hearing scared or teasing pleasing but i want to hear him do queen uh queen of the nile yeah i love that song
0: what about spartan a woody oh boy no i do like
1: that <laughs> i do like the song it's just a goofy title
0: i do too i love it all all that stuff when you announced this you know i've got all those dangerous toy cds but i really haven't listened to them in a minute but when you announced that jason mcmaster's was coming I pulled those out and started listening to them again, and I forgot just how damn good that band was.
1: Yeah, a lot of great stuff.
0: It's a nice reminder. So that's what we got so far going on. You know, there's going to be a whole ton more announcements, but it wouldn't be GeekWire if I didn't ask the question. Chris Sinzak, do you have any new, monstrous announcements for and Pod 2023? Well, I've got what we
1: announced this morning, so I'll uh, I'll go over it here because it's a it's pretty big deal. Um, You know, we've done some cool shows over the year, but this kind of takes it up a notch. So, I had gotten in touch with Ron Keel about obviously coming back because Ron is always a great guest when he comes to Rock and Pod. Yes, and uh, you know, got to talking to him and his manager, and then it was like, well. You know the guys in the Fifth, which is one of the RFK media uh, artists. You know they're based out of North Carolina. It's like, well, why not have them? We had Roy Cathy last year, and yeah. then he came back and he's like, you know, we did Kiel Fest a couple of years ago in Ohio and it was great. Why don't we just do it in Nashville and have it be Kiel Fest too? And uh, I was like, okay, sounds good to me. So like we worked out an arrangement and uh, we're working on this together and basically the official rock and Pot after party will be keel fest two. That's going to take place at Bowie's, uh, on Saturday, March 18th. Wow. And, um, it's really an amazing lineup. Um, so basically what it is is it's, it's obviously Bron, Ron's brainchild, but it's, it takes a whole lot, his whole career into account plus some stuff. So with Ron's whole career, you're going to see keel perform the band, um, wow. With Ron, Mark Ferrari, Brian J, and Dwayne Miller. Wow! Yeah, you're going to see a Ron Keel band set with his band that includes Gino R.C., Jeff the Rev, Kohler, uh, Dakota Scott, Dave Cawthorn. You're also going to get a Steeler reunion celebrating the 40th anniversary of the first album. Now, obviously, Ingve is not going to be joining us because there's a lot of water under that bridge. Yeah, but Rick Fox will be on bass. Nice. And um, Mitch Perry, who's played with Lita Ford and several other artists, is going to be doing the lead guitar spot, so that'll be cool. Right on. On top of that, the, they have two artists on new artists on the RFK Media label. One is the Fifth, who, we, as I mentioned before, we had Roy Cathy here last year, and he performed at Rare Hair, did a great job on a Blue Murder song. Yeah. And then the other band is Crashing Wayward out of Las Vegas. And the oh. guitarist in Crashing Wayward is, we played on the show, but the guitarist is Stacy David Blades, who you'll remember from L.A. Guns.
0: Nice. Well, there you go. If You can also bring your old L.A. Guns albums and your old Keel albums and all this stuff to be autographed. You know, there was a time in my life where I wanted to be Mark Ferrari. Oh, yeah? If you remember back in the day... In the Metal Edge magazines, they always had the part where you'd open it up and it would show all the parties that Jerry Miller went to. Mm -hmm. Mark Ferrari was in every one of those photos, every time, without fail. Like, oh, we're partying here with Kiss. There's Mark Ferrari. Oh, we're out here with Skid Row. There's Mark Ferrari. Oh, we're having a party with Motley Crue. Here's Mark Ferrari. He was in all the party pictures.
1: Do do you think Jerry Miller had a thing for Mark Ferrari? (laughs)
0: Either that, or he was a good designated driver.
1: Yeah, maybe. Well, actually, um, but yeah, it's well. It's funny. It's funny that Aaron Camaro grew up wanting to be Mark Ferrari.
0: Yeah, it all comes together now, don't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And now I get to go to the coolest party on earth every year at Rockin Pod. It's perfect.
1: We're doing a cool thing. So if you haven't pulled the trigger on getting your general admission ticket, if you don't want to deal with the VIP thing, but you want to come to Rockin Pod, check out the convention. And then also see Keel Fest. We're doing a combo ticket for $35. And that basically gets you into Rockin' Pod for half price. So you get both events for that price. And um, you just go to rockin'pod.com, click on the Keel Fest 2 tab, and you'll see the, the uh, links there. And also, if you if you've already purchased GA tickets, you can just do the concert separately. But we want to encourage you to do the combo tickets because that's the best value for your dollar. And um, yeah, we want to pack out Bowie's and also pack out uh, the expo with a bunch of people because all the guys in those bands that I just mentioned, they're going to be at Rockin' Pod during the day too. So it's going to be a whole day hang with all these people.
0: That is so damn cool, man. I'm getting excited for it. I know the people are getting excited for it. If you haven't made your plans to come to Nashville yet in March, you got to do it soon. You want to make sure you got your plans all laid out so that nothing can get in the way of you attending and Pod 2023. March 17th, 18th, and the 19th, it's a whole weekend party. When rock and roll takes over Music City, we need you here with us to help make it happen. It's going to be a great party. You're going to meet your favorite rock stars. You're going to get to meet your favorite podcasters. You're going to get your photos taken with all of them. You're going to get to shop vendors that are only bringing the best rock and roll stuff. They know not to bring no rap, not to bring no country, not to bring no folk music, none of that. No new age, nothing but rock and roll, and they know that. So when you show up, you want to spend a little money, have a little fun on vacation, bring some cool souvenirs back with you, Rock and Pot is the perfect place to do that. You're going to find all the coolest stuff you're not going to find anywhere else and it's all geared to the rock and roller that's you. You're going to come to Nashville, you're going to hang out with us. It's going to be a blast. So there you have it. Get to rockandpod.com for all the information, your tickets, Kielfest too. Man, got to love that. And so much more. That's KeelFest with a K. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> You beat me to it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> With a K. <laughs> it ought to be. What else would it be? Yeah, um, exactly. Awesome. But, but I love yeah. it.
1: So that's our 20-minute plug for and Pod. But, yeah, I mean, that, it, this means a lot to us guys, and um, having people show up always makes it better, so please uh, consider buying a ticket.
0: Yep, for sure. It's going to be awesome. I guarantee it. Rock and roll. So now that we got the biggest news story in the world of rock and roll out of the way, mm. let's see what else we got going on.
1: All right. Well, first up, ex-Iron Maiden singer Paul Diano has explained why he once compared Steve Harris to Hitler. Oh wow! I didn't know he had done
0: this. A little bossy or something, maybe.
1: And I, um, it see, this surprised me because uh, earlier in the year there was a photo that was circulating online of. Uh, them coming face to face, and Steve Harris kind of leaning down, giving them the thumbs up next to Paul in his uh, wheelchair because Paul's had a shit ton of health problems. Yeah. But asking a new interview with Sakis Fragos of Greece's Rock Hard magazine why he would take the time to meet with Steve Harris and Rod Smallwood, the manager, when he had been critical of the two of them in the past, referring to Smallwood as Rod Small Wallet. That's fine. <laughs> and comparing Steve to Adolf Hitler, Deano responded, "I never called." called him Rod Small Wallet. A journalist called him that, and we thought it was all funny. So everybody in Iron Maiden called him that because it used to piss him off. So that's the end of that one. And he says, I did call Steve Hitler once. And he starts laughing. says, because of the way he runs the band. It's like a fucking army. He's so focused. And I couldn't think of another one person to compare him to. I said Hitler, but I didn't mean it in that way. You couldn't think of another great leader?
0: (laughs) That was a little pushy. Yeah, when you talk about, like, this guy's kind of bossy. Who do I compare him to? Now, that's yeah. a little far. You know, he ain't quite that bad.
1: You could have gone with General Patton or something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go with Hitler, but okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, not a major story, but I just thought the headline was funny. Um,
0: I found something interesting that I picked up a CD that is like the best of Paul Diano. It's got just a mix of different stuff because his individual CDs are pretty tough to find. So I didn't want to pass up on that. Mm -hmm. and so i've been jamming on that a little bit here lately really checking it out and he does some cool covers on there of stuff you wouldn't expect and it kind of got me thinking about like his direction versus iron maiden's direction because the stuff on this album that i'm listening to and even though it's just like songs picked from throughout his career Mm. way more straightforward rock oh yeah yeah Than what Maiden ended up being. You know, Maiden kind of leans towards progressive metal a lot. And Paul Diano, his stuff isn't like that at all. None of them songs over five minutes long. Just straightforward rock. So you can kind of tell that, you know, it was bound to split. Especially with Steve Harris running things and Paul Diano wanting to do it a different way. It just was never gonna happen.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. Did you ever hear any of that battle zone stuff that he did?
0: No, that's on my list. I always keep my eyes open for it. Never see it anywhere. It's
1: pretty good metal stuff. Not the greatest, but it's it's it, it's worth listening to. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I I, I mean, the Deano ear is my favorite ear of the band. So I mean, I'm I'm going to be partial to that. But uh, yeah, and I can the the discussions in the studio with Paul Deano looking at Steve Harrison saying, "Oh wait, the the vocals are not going to be louder than the bass." Okay, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's an interesting story, um, because I thought this band was pretty much over. Eric Martin believes there are big things coming for Mr. Big. Wow. Um, He made a comment while discussing their decision to go on hiatus after, of course, the sad passing of Pat Torpy, the drummer. He uh, died in 2018 from Parkinson's. Um, Asked by Chile's Radio Futuro if there's any plans for them to get back together, he said, if you ask Paul Gilbert, he'd say, oh, well, I don't know, never say never. And same thing with Billy Sheehan. He would go, well, you know, it would be a good idea, but I'm here to tell you that there is a rumor. Did I start this rumor? I don't know. I believe that there are big things coming. I keep saying that, and I want people to believe me that we're not down for the count. It's not over. I think we've got some things to do. So might have some Mr. Big on the way.
0: I can just imagine Billy Sheehan going, let me check my schedule. No, I'm in five other bands.
1: All right.
0: But you know what? Why not? Let's bring Mr. Big back
1: come on billy you're not busy or anything
0: yeah i've got five minutes free each day
1: i'd like to see them do some i'd at least like to see them live um but i mean i don't know if the, if another album's in the in the in the mix or not it'd be cool but uh i saw billy and um mike partnoy started and richie Scottson started kind of teasing that the uh, new winery dogs material is about to come out
0: that's cool i like winery mm-hmm. dogs
1: yeah. So, you know, and I I heard they're supposed to tour next year, so we'll see.
0: Mr. Big would be an interesting one to do the best and worst of because like White Lion, this is another one of those bands that I knew Billy Sheehan from the Daily Roth band, so I really wanted to like it, but mm-hmm. at the time, like you got the ballad shoved down your throat and all the girls really liked it, so that made me not really want to like it. So I don't think I ever really gave that band a fair shake.
1: I I, I would love to do that because I own all their stuff. So yeah. I, I and I'm a I'm a fan for sure. So yeah, and I think I think there's several songs you would really get into if you gave it a shot.
0: Yeah, I always yeah. thought that green tinted '60s mind was kind of a cool jam.
1: Oh, that yeah, that guitar part's insane.
0: Kind of always reminded me of like an enough's enough song almost.
1: Yeah, I can hear that for sure. Yeah. Well, that's cool, Mr. Big. Who knew? Did you know? Uh, and sorry to derail things, but did you know that uh, our friend Bruce Hotchkiss from uh, Thunderfuck and the Deadly Romantics? Uh huh. He contacted me on Facebook the other day after we released the best and worst of Motley Crue post 1990, and uh, he said, "I'm dying to come on the show and uh, to join you guys to do a best and worst of Queen."
0: Oh, that's funny. He sent me the same message. (laughs) Did he really? (laughs) I said, well, that'd be interesting because I'm not really a big Queen fan. He's like, that's right, and I would tear you up for it. I was like, man, that sounds great.
1: (laughs) Well, I I told him the same thing. I was like, Aaron's not very partial to him, but if I can talk him into it, maybe we'll do it.
0: I mean, we'd have to split it up somehow, you know, and make him do of the 80s. That'll teach you.
1: (laughs) You got to have the 70s stuff in there, too. I mean, yeah, yeah, the 80s. Even I have a lot of reservations about some of
0: their 80s stuff. Yeah, that's why I Mm. never liked Queen. I never really gave them much of a chance, because my era was radio goo goo, radio gaga bullshit. (laughs) That was the first Queen song I ever heard. I never really went out of my way to hear any more, except for the stuff everybody's heard.
1: If you pick up, like, News of the World and um, Sheer Heart Attack. I think those albums yeah. you, would, you would get into. But
0: I mean, um, I have listened to some Queen since we started this show. Mm-hmm. Big shout out to Ogre Battle.
1: Oh, that song rules.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Somebody asked me about that. They're like, you like Queen? Oh, I like the song Ogre Battle. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never heard that one, huh? Yeah. What's that other one you played me that time? Death on Two Legs?
1: Yeah, about their uh, first manager.
0: That song rips.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a very angry song.
0: You know, so there are... I know that Queen does have the potential for me to like them, especially Brian May. His guitar playing is killer. I always loved his tone. The part in Bohemian Rhapsody that really kicks in and rocks, I love. The rest of the song, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Scaramouche.
0: When Wayne and Garth start headbanging, count me in.
1: Right. <laughs> All right. Well, next story. Um, rat singer Stephen Piercy spoke to Sean Ratchus of Laughing Monkey Music. God, all these show names are so wild. Oh. About his upcoming collection of music, Legacy, which is due in early twenty twenty three by Golden Robot Records. According to Stephen, the set will include never be- never before heard Rat songs, solo tracks, re recordings, and new versions of previously released tunes. Oh wow. He says, I'm putting the finishing touches on Legacy, and the problem I was having was a good one because there was so much music to choose from through my history of music and catalog. Quality stuff, not just hissy, hissy, scratchy LP or cassette, whatever form it was recorded. We're taking time with it. It's kind of a story, actually, because there's some stuff like interluding into songs, and you hear us discussing rearranging Wanted Man, early stuff like 1983 or 82, I mean, it's crazy, but it's all good. My problem was picking songs. Now I've got it, so there'll be probably a part two. And he said, um, he continued, not most, but some of the stuff that I've got were from bootleggers, and I'm the best bootlegger out there for rat or anything that I do, so I pretty much found the same thing but in better quality. Going back to like in the 80s, you get these double album live bootlegs in Germany and Japan. I've got all those also talked about a possible collaboration with Jakey Lee actually began his career as a member of Mickey Rat as a lot of you know Yeah. Um, the name they had before Rat he says I have some tapes with Jake all over the place a lot of people have always asked if we ever wrote a song when he was in the band well we actually did go write a song together and I've got it and it's going to be on Legacy.
0: Wow I wonder if that's the one we played on Demolicious the last time we did that because we played an old rat Mickey Rat with uh, Jakey Lee on it demo
1: yeah, I don't know if that's him on that or not. I can't remember. But um, if he's
0: got a better version of what's floating around out there on the YouTube, man, that's fantastic. And to hear stuff from Rat History that's mm-hmm. never been heard before, you know me, I love that stuff, man. I love it when a band can go back and be like, "Oh, we found a bunch of really cool shit that nobody's ever heard before from our heyday."
1: Yeah,
0: mm, I love it. Well, and
1: I, I mean, I would, and apparently this is due out in January, and um. I don't know if it's going to be on here, but I wonder if there's like any alternate tracks or leftovers from the arcade albums.
0: I don't know. Be interesting. I've got the first two. The other one, I think there's one or two more.
1: I thought they just did two.
0: No, I, I always thought they did two, but I realized lately that there was more. Hmm. Can't find it nowhere.
1: Well, I um, that's something I might buy because, I mean, there's probably going to be a lot of cool material on that.
0: Yeah, me too. I'd be very interested in hearing that.
1: Um, yeah. Next story I had to bring up. Not that the story's a big deal, but uh, there's, it, it helps me segue into something I was wanting to bring up. Um, Nickelback is to be inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame soon.
0: I, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, shit. Super popular. Sold millions and millions of records. Canadian. Yep. Yeah, put them in.
1: So I'm going to have a full disclosure here on a couple of things. Nickelback, uh, they, one of their, they put out a single, I think it's called San Quentin this year. Have you heard it yet?
0: No, I have not.
1: That's, it's actually really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I kind of like it. And um, on top of that, it's, this is the weird thing that I have to give them props for what they did here. So, I'm a you know since I work from home now I watch a lot of YouTube so I'll just surf and find all kinds of wacky stuff. Well, anyway, a year or so ago, I noticed these there was two channels that popped up. One was called Eric and Daryl, and it's basically these two guys who are like our age now, but grew up in the you know mid to late '80s, early '90s, and they would videotape themselves doing all this goofy stuff around their house around their neighborhood. And they were metalheads, and it was uh, out in Alabama. So it's like a, it, and it's just fascinating. It's like a time capsule to watch, and you know, shows them going to the record store, going to the gas station. But they go to the record store, they're holding up like uh, "and justice for all" T-shirts and stuff, and shows them going through their record collections and stuff, and they You're even. Right on. They got into like they they i guess at the skating rink or whatever in their town they would have like air band competitions you know air guitar yeah yeah and like they they even like name their air band it's funny they named it macabre m-a-c-a-b-r-e but they called it macabre because they didn't macabre. know it. <laughs> it's just so that's it's, awesome it's it's priceless but anyway they and it like these they're these videos of them doing this stuff got super popular on YouTube, like just like hundreds of thousands of views, wow. maybe millions. I can't remember. But so that's one video channel. Then the other one is a, is a guy named Lynn Enders, who he was a little older than these kids. So he was like in his high school years, videotaping stuff around the same time. And he's from like up in the Oregon area. And his stuff is great, too, because it shows them partying, smoking dope, listening to metal albums and stuff. And um, it's just all these awesome home movies that'll really, like, truly take you back in time.
0: Man, you got to put some links to that in the show notes.
1: I absolutely will. It's it's just a blast to watch. So anyway, I've been a fan of these two channels for a while, and like, and you know, Lynn Ender's will put his stuff out, and he gives commentary as himself now. Um, And then the Eric and Daryl guys, it was cool because one guy in the videos is this guy Larry. And he's he's not not Eric or Darryl, obviously, but Larry's kind of the star of the videos because he's just so he's just a real personality. And they get during while going back through these, they get Larry, who's a grown adult now and is an attorney, to watch the videos with him and kind of reminisce. So that's wow. interesting. That's cool. But, but the where Nickelback comes into this is they just released a video for a song they put out called "Those Days." And the song's okay. I mean, but the but the the spirit of the song and the idea behind it's great cuz it's basically about growing up in those in that era and how much fun it was and how different life was. And in the video, it's it's the guys in Nickelback going into a garage, picking up gear and starting to play, and there's like 80s stuff all over the walls and stuff, but then also there's these shots interspersed from these two YouTube channels, their old home videos throughout the whole song. Wow. And it's just it it's just kind of heartfelt. Yeah, it's kind of corny, but it for people our age, you'll really get a nostalgic vibe out of watching it. And yes, they did pay these guys that were the YouTube creators. They didn't say how much, but they paid them well enough to license the material. So it worked out for everybody.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. Breaking news, Chris Sinzak said something nice about Nickelback.
1: Mm-hmm. Alert CNN. <laughs> And I like their new. I like their uh, San Quentin song. It's actually pretty good.
0: Right on. Well, I was gonna save that for uh, the uh Save that for the new music announcements coming up a little bit later on. But yes, Nickelback does have a new album coming out next week.
1: Yeah, and I guess so. That's the San Quentin and the song Those Days that the video was made for are gonna both be on that record. Very cool. Yeah.
0: And then after and we're I... done. After we're done with that, then we can do our best and worst of Nickelback, right?
1: Mm, Maybe later.
0: Okay. I've been kind of, I've been buying Nickelback CDs when I find them for 99 cents. Oh, yeah? And I've been stocking them up for when the day happens, I'll be prepared. I'm probably not going to listen to them until that day, (laughs) but at least I'll be prepared. Okay. All right. What else we got?
1: All right. Well, Foreigner uh, has announced their farewell tour.
0: I saw that.
1: It will launch on July sixth of twenty twenty three in Atlanta, and uh, it, I don't know. I mean, not a whole lot to say here, but uh, other than, you know, they've uh, they've held it together pretty well. Now, obviously, it's I don't think there's any original members left. I think Mick Jones shows up for a you know a show here and there, but I think it's pretty much. Kelly Hansen and Jeff Pilson and some other guys, but yeah. I have to say, from I've I've never seen Foreigner live with this or any lineup. But it, I mean, from what I've seen online, they sound pretty great. So maybe they're picking the right time to do this, unless, of course, it's just a ploy to sell tickets and then they'll go back out again after a year.
0: Who would do such a thing?
1: I can't imagine who <laughs> would do that. But no bands do that, right?
0: No, none of them. That'd be yeah. that'd be dishonorable.
1: The Road Construction Tour. Yeah, Um, okay. It will be here in Nashville. Um, It's going to be here July 11th. Maybe I'll go see this one since I've never seen them live.
0: I've never seen Foreigner live either.
1: But I do want to know what love is, and I want them to show me.
0: And that's the problem again. (laughs) That's why I was never a Foreigner fan, because I came up in the era of that song. Not Head Games, you know, not Blue Monday.
1: Dirty White Boy.
0: Not Dirty White Boy. I didn't know none of those songs. All I knew was I want to know what love is. I was like, uh, Foreigner <laughs> sucks. And then as I got a little older, then you'd start hearing the classic rock songs that they play, and then you go, well, maybe there is a little something to this Foreigner. And then you get in on some of the deeper cuts and, like, get down in their, like, third, fourth albums. There's some cool shit in there, for mm-hmm. real. You know, I don't... I, like I said, when I was young, I would never even want to listen to it. I'd say, no, fuck Foreigner. But now I actually got a lot of respect for that band. Right. So now maybe we'll get what you predicted in that Hurricane reunion.
1: Yeah, the world's really clamoring for that one. I
0: mean, after, after, it's, <laughs> after this is over, then Kelly Hansen's got to have something to do. Hey, you got Jeff Pilson, There you go. Put out a new version of Hurricane.
1: Playing their big hit, I'm On To You, and some other
0: songs. (laughs) Well, what a great song. It is a great song. If you're going to be known for one song, which those guys pretty well are, that's a pretty great song.
1: And the uh, Slave to the Thrill album cover.
0: Oh, yeah. Hot
1: damn.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's good stuff.
1: Uh, this not a big story, but interesting. Uh, Kurt Cobain's nineteen eighty nine stage played smashed and signed guitar used on Nirvana's first tour has sold at auction for four hundred eighty six
0: thousand four hundred dollars. Wow. Uh, you know, could have bought a house, but decided to buy this guitar. Yeah. But
1: yeah, it's uh doesn't. I don't think it says who bought it. But yeah, just Julian's auction sold it off, and man, that that's a hell of a lot of money. Probably that that,
0: Jim Irsay. Yeah, probably.
1: And then the, uh, well, he's not spending money on coaches, so uh, he's got to spend money on something. But uh, now the guitar looks beat all to hell in the photo, and I guess that's part of the charm.
0: Sure, yeah. Smashed, stage played, destroyed. Pretty cool. You know, one-of-a-kind piece of history. If you got the money to do it, I mean, I think it's cool that somebody owns it that appreciates it and knows its historic value. Right. Whether that be Nirvana or any other band.
1: So you wanna take the break and get to your section? Let's
0: let's do my segment of the show. It's time for Rockstar Birthdays, Rockstar Death Days, and albums to look forward to in the next week. So we've been a little bit out of whack on our new noise, and so my rock star birthdays have fallen behind. So, I guess no better place to start than back on the fifth, born in 1976, my man, Chris Sinzak. Happy belated birthday. Well, thank you. You know, there's a lot of people you share birthdays with. Oh, yeah? Art Garfunkel. That's my brother. Ike Turner.
1: (laughs) I don't take any claim to him.
0: Well, if you can't claim those, then you always got a uh, awesome KISS songwriter, Brian Adams.
1: Mm. No, no, really? No, me no. and Brian Adams share a birthday, huh? Yep. He
0: That's was born cool. in 1959. Wow. You also share a birthday with Brian Wheat from Tesla. Did you know that?
1: I did not. I didn't know about any of these. <laughs>
0: wow. Yep. Well, there you go. Ike Turner, Art Garfunkel, Brian Adams, Brian Wheat. Those are your hmm. birthday brothers like
1: the weirdest super group of all time <laughs> i'll just be the manager
0: <laughs> yeah i don't think you'd want to be the manager of that
1: no nah, some volatile personalities in that group yeah <laughs> maybe not
0: You're like oh, i broke up a fight between ike turner and brian adams again
1: yeah well happy birthday to my fellow scorpios
0: yeah there you go um, I mean, we're going back a little bit now, so these are going to be all belated birthdays, but some pretty cool ones on the 6th took place. Corey Glover of Living Color, Paul Gilbert. We were just talking about Mr. Big. Our friends Brian Burkhan, and Trevor McDougal all yes. celebrating birthdays on the 6th. Then we get up to the 7th. We got listener John Phillips celebrating a birthday. My brother is celebrating a birthday on the 7th, along with... Tommy Thayer, Mm. the guy in Kiss playing guitar, dressed up like Ace Frehley, born in 1960 today.
1: So happy birthday to the real spaceman. Click. (laughs) (laughs) Show over.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to, but you're fired. (laughs) And since we've fallen behind, might as well keep it going. On the 8th celebrating birthday, some awesome friends of ours. One of the one percenters. Linda Dawn Neal, one of our very few female listeners. Nice. Also on the 8th, our awesome friend Patrick Breen. He was just in town in Nashville not too long ago. We just missed him. But he's talking about coming back for and Pod.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see him.
0: Also on the 8th, Robert Bentley.
1: Ah, the demon.
0: Love that guy, man. You guys know him from Rockin' Pod's past. Looking like Gene Simmons from back in the day. So cool, man. His costumes on the money. His everything. Like, people line up to take pictures with Robert Bentley. All, all day long. Goes. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Another former guest of the show selling, celebrating a birthday on the 8th, Tom Hazard. Oh, happy
1: birthday, Tom.
0: Also former Rockin' Pod guest as well. That's true. Uh, let's see. On the 11th, I wanted to say happy birthday to Adam Hamilton. I'm a big fan of this guy. You know, I was introduced to him. When he played on the uh, L.A. Guns album "Waking the Dead," mm-hmm. and I've been a big fan of him, and then I come to realize later that this guy is like a musical genius. Like he can play any instrument known to man, and has played in all kinds of different bands, not just hard rock, even though that's you know my preference. But he's done all kinds of cool stuff. So, happy birthday to Adam Hamilton.
1: Well, being able to play multiple instruments helps when you're in L.A. Guns because that probably saved them on having to hire at least three members.
0: Right, yeah, and I think that's kind of how it went. Like, he was playing drums, but he also played some bass, and he maybe played some guitar and helped write a song or two. And, you know, when you got an all-star like that in the band, I mean, it it just makes it easy. And, you know, those L.A. Guns albums that came out in the 90s, especially Vicious Circle and Waking the Dead and Man in the Moon, all Mm -hmm. three of those – very under-the-radar albums. Nobody was really giving two shits about L.A. Guns at the time. You know, in the, in the media, and the world, everything was all Pearl Jam, Nirvana. But, man, those albums are so good and so overlooked. If you haven't heard them, I recommend you do, especially if you like L.A. Guns. Yep. All right. Then on the 12th, celebrated a birthday born in 1964. Here's another former Rock and Pod guest and guest of the Decibel Geek podcast, the one and only David Ellefson.
1: Oh yeah, it is. Was his birthday recently?
0: Yep, and we're gonna try to get into the future a little bit too. But before we do, also celebrating a birthday on the twelfth, Christian Swain, co-founder, yeah, of Pantheon Podcasts.
1: Happy birthday, Christian! Yeah, he was. I sent my belated uh, greeting to him today. Actually,
0: that's awesome. Good dudes over there at Pantheon, you know, bringing it to you. If it weren't for them, we'd be charging you fifty dollars per episode. But they said no got to do it for free and we said really? okay
1: I, I don't know if i like him anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> gotta give it to them for free they deserve it and we said you're right they said you you uh steamroll the whole thing and we'll make it happen and they mm-hmm. do all right so let's see celebrating a birthday on the 15th here's another former guest of the show jeremy osley
1: oh yeah i love that guy
0: Drives the buses that get the rock stars from town to town, making sure they're at their shows on time. Super cool dude. Ran into him at the Anthrax show. Love Jeremy. Yeah, good guy. He was a fun one to have on the show. He had some cool stories. You think about like people that see stuff that don't normally tell their stories, and we know that he didn't tell us everything he's ever seen but he told us some really good ones
1: yeah when he uh retires or stops being a bus driver uh, we're having him back on so he can spill all the beans
0: yeah now tell us the real story now that you ain't got no job to lose <laughs> all right let's see who else here on the 16th byron nemeth listener to the oh, show man. rock and roller himself new nashville resident i guess he's been here for a little while now oh, he's
1: Former Nashville resident now. He moved to Vegas.
0: Oh, he moved away already? Yeah. Well, shit, that didn't take long. A real Rolling Stone, that guy.
1: Yeah, he's a great guy, though.
0: Very cool. Also on the 16th, Christopher Williams, drummer from Accept. Nice. Former guest of the show. Here's another former guest of the show. Is it all former guests of the show? No, maybe some future ones, but this one was a cool one you did way back. Uh, celebrating a birthday on the 17th, Blanche Napoleon.
1: Ah, <laughs> I need to touch base with her. I haven't talked to her in forever.
0: Yeah, that was a pretty interesting interview. I don't know if she really didn't want to talk about Vinny that much.
1: I just think she had good memories of him. Yeah. She's like part of a small club.
0: There you go. See, there are people (laughs) out there that actually had good experiences with Vinny Vincent, and the Decibel Geek podcast can prove it to you at that interview with Blanche Napoleon. All right. Happy birthday, Blanche. Celebrating a birthday on the 18th, born in 1962, Metallica guitarist Kirk Hammett. Where do you rank Kirk Hammett
1: like of all time
0: yeah of all time you put him right up there?
1: No. no, no I mean he's good, but no I could there's so many guitarists I'd put ahead of him.
0: I don't know, man. you listen to some of that early Metallica I mean listen to the first album look at Ride the Lightning Master of Puppets. I consider Kirk Hammett to be one of the very best of all time
1: in the thrash world, yeah, but I don't know I just that's a whole episode unto itself.
0: I enjoy his guitar playing immensely.
1: I do, too. I I mean, I, I I own, I think, just about everything he's worked on. But no, yeah. I just, I don't know. There's just a lot of people I'd put ahead of him.
0: All right. Celebrating a birthday on the 19th, another former guest to the show, good friend of ours, rock and pod party person, Mark Striegel.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Always liked that guy. Mm-hmm. Celebrating a birthday on the 23rd, one of our favorite people on the entire freaking planet. How she's never been on the show I'll never know. we got to change that one of these days. We spend a lot of time around her at Rockin' Pod. She's out on the cruises making people laugh. She's pretty much anywhere that there's some kind of rock convention now. If they need comedy, she's the go-to. One of our all-time favorites. Happy birthday to Courtney Cronin-Dold on the 23rd. She's the best. Yeah, so cool, man. Love her a lot.
1: Great hanging out with her in L.A. recently.
0: Nice. Jealous you for that. But looking forward, I'm sure hope that things can work out, that she can come to Rockin' Pod next year.
1: You might be seeing an announcement soon.
0: It's not comedy without Courtney. Of course not. She's got to write everybody's jokes. That's right. And we know she writes all their jokes because they all blame her for the ones that fail, but don't never credit her for the ones that are awesome. (laughs) But we know.
1: I'm not touching that one.
0: (laughs) We know the truth. We know. All right, let's see. Celebrating a birthday on, you know what? That's far enough. That, yeah. should put us, that should put us right up pretty even for the next time we come in, I think. And who, who better to end it with than Courtney? So those are your rock star birthdays for this edition of GeekWire. Happy birthday, dear rock stars. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah, somewhere in there, Steve Gallinvary, too. Happy birthday.
1: Yeah, I sent him a message the other day.
0: All right, so those are our Rockstar birthdays. If we stay on track, these don't have to be so long. <laughs> we got a lot of friends. Yeah, we do. All right, so let's talk about Rockstar Death Days. These are the people you want to remember in the upcoming week after you listen to this. This first one, man, back in 2008, I can't think of a better way to go. This is the rock and roll style right here. Talking about Mitch Mitchell, anniversary Mm. on the 12th, a member of the Jimi Hendrix Experience. You know how he died?
1: I can't remember.
0: This man died at 62 years old in his sleep in a hotel room during the Experience Hendrix tour in 2008.
1: I saw him right before he died. Yeah? I saw that tour. It was awesome.
0: That's amazing to me that that guy was rocking in the 60s, through the 70s, through the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, all the way up to 2008. And what was he doing right up to the last minute? Man, he was out there rocking.
1: Yeah, it was an amazing show. He's beating the living hell out of his drums the whole night.
0: And he was an old timer then. Yeah. Still killing it. 62 years old, what a way to go. Much respect and love to Mitch Mitchell. Also remembering this time of year, on the 12th, the passing back in 2015 of the filthy animal, Phil Taylor from Motorhead. Yeah. Liver failure, can you believe it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I can believe that.
0: Hard partying man. Yeah. Crank up some Motorhead, old school with Phil Taylor. Also celebrating the memory of the loss in 2017 at the age of 64, rock icon Malcolm Young. Mm. Multiple ailments.
1: Yeah, he was an amazing player.
0: Amazing player, amazing songwriter. Man, how much that guy had to do with the sound of ACDC and the longevity of the band and the amazingness of the music over the years. That wouldn't hurt. That wouldn't hurt when he died because I thought, this is it. That's the end of ACDC. They find a way to carry on, but, I mean, Malcolm Young, got to love that guy forever. Yeah. Then on the 19th, we're going to celebrate the memory of Kevin Dubrow, passed away in 2007 at the age of 52. Sad way to go. Um, Maybe not as rock and roll as Mitch Mitchell, but stereotypically rock and roll. He dies of an overdose in his Las Vegas home.
1: Yeah, that was a sad one.
0: Yeah, poor guy. They don't find him for a couple of days. That's the classic tale of somebody that's cleaned up, not doing drugs for a long time, decides one night, hey, what's a toot going to hurt?
1: Do you know his brother's a celebrity on TV? Really? Yeah, he's like a famous Hollywood plastic surgeon.
0: I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let's see, and then the last one we want to remember this upcoming week. we got some big ones coming up before the end of the year, but this will be the last one for this week for our, well, not-so-happy death days, I guess. We remember on the 19th, passing not too many years ago, 2021, at a young 49 years old, Hank Von Hell of Turbo Negro.
1: That one shocked me.
0: I don't think there was ever, like, an official announcement of what killed him. They just kind of said, you know, years of hard living.
1: Yeah, I mean he wasn't it didn't seem like he was the healthiest person, but yeah, did not you you don't expect him to go that that quickly and and he was putting out some amazing yeah. material right before he died. Yeah, too.
0: that's what sucks about it the most I think was that he was really coming out with some great stuff. Like he'd come out the other side of Turbo Negro, they went on without him, got a new singer, and he was coming out with stuff that was just so good, so good. And I was so excited for it and I remember that one album that came out was one of my top albums of the year that year. It was like up in the top five. I was so excited for it. Still jam on that album all the time. Love it. Yeah, it's great. Stuff. And I was thinking, great, you know, this is awesome. You know, Hank Von Hell is going to be around for many years putting out all this great music. And then all of a sudden, one day out of nowhere, he's gone. Yeah. Love your rock stars while you got them. Crank some old Quiet Riots, some old Turbo Negro, some ACDC, Motorhead, and Jimi Hendrix this week and let's remember these folks rock and roll legends that have left us way too early. Mm-hmm. It's the same story as always, you know, when these guys are gone, who replaces them? Yeah. Hopefully not holograms.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I skipped over the metaverse Aussie concert thing today. Yeah. kind of kind of goofy.
0: All right, well, then let's wrap up my segment here with talking about some new albums coming your way. Got a couple that came out last week. Last in Line came out with a Day in the Life EP. I know those guys are coming to town here in Nashville pretty soon and are out on tour. If you love that stuff, the old classic deal, these guys sound like kind of a continuation of that. You got to love it. Last in Line got a new EP, came out on the 11th. Also out on the 11th, new album from Autograph called Beyond
1: well, there's some some drama in that camp these
0: days. Well, and then what? One of their main guys just passed away not too long ago.
1: Well, Randy Rand, the bass player passed away and he was kind of the only remaining original member that was in the band, but you know, Steve Lynch and Steve Lynch has been making posts and uh Randy Ra- Randy Rand's widow has been making posts about the guys picking up and going on and it's a long uh it's a convoluted mess
0: right now. Hmm kind of makes you wonder what that album's like. It'd be interesting
1: to hear. I mean, Jimmy Bell's a great player, though. I like I yeah. like his playing.
0: Yeah, me too. I discovered him many years ago on some kind of compilation CD, mm-hmm. and it was like, who is playing guitar on this song? And it was a guy named Jimmy Bell, and I'd never heard of him before. And then later on, he comes up here and there in conversation. It's like, okay, I didn't know who he was, but a lot of other people sure do.
1: Yeah, he's a great player.
0: And then on the 11th also, this one I'm excited for, the brand new one from Enough's Enough. album called Finer Than Sin came out last week on the 11th. Mine will be in the mailbox tomorrow, and I'm very excited to hear it.
1: They've released a single with a video called Catastrophe. Have you checked that out yet? Yeah,
0: it's all right. Did you pay attention to the lyrics? Uh, No, I guess not. I just kind of listened to it one time. Uh, definite
1: shots at Donnie V being taken in that zone
0: oh man yeah as it goes I guess fuck yeah I hate that I hate that they can't get along I understand that Me they too. can't play together and they can't be in a band together but you know I don't know like one minute chip saying that's my brother you know I love him wish the best for him yeah and I hate to hear like he's writing songs there. are Enough's Enough diss tracks.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, Donnie did it with that Troublemaker song, so I guess this is Chip's yeah. uh, response to that.
0: Dog on a bone, I guess. Mm. If they can't write songs together, they write songs about each other. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's, like a, it's like a divorced couple.
0: Oh, man. Hate to see it. But I am excited for the new Enough's Enough album. Yeah, The first songs, it's okay. But usually, to me, it seems like with Enough's Enough... They always find a way of releasing a single for me to go, ooh, I don't know about this, and then get the album go, okay, all right, this is all great.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the whole thing.
0: Yeah, me too. I will let you know tomorrow once I get it. I bet you it's cool. going to be awesome. So then I only got a couple more for next week. You can look forward to a new album. From what I hear, it will be their last album from Disturbed, called Divisive, comes out on the 18th.
1: They're saying it's their last album?
0: I think so. I read something about that saying that this might be it for them. Hmm. They're going to retire after that. Disturbed, oh, think nice. about it. They've been around for a long time now.
1: Yeah, I think the first album came out in 97.
0: Yeah, released a lot of albums since then. I've always liked Disturbed.
1: I like some stuff.
0: Yeah. And then, as you alluded to earlier, so excited, the new album Get Rollin' by Nickelback, also out <laughs> on the 18th. Will that make Chris Sintzak's top albums of 2022? Stay tuned in December to find out. Let's not get crazy now. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be tough. There's a lot of great albums that came out this year. I think probably the biggest news story this week, no, new album from King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That'll change in two weeks.
0: (laughs) I don't know if they must be going for some kind of world record or something like most albums ever released by a band. I
1: don't know. It's wild.
0: They got to be chasing it down pretty quick. Yep. And so there you have it. There's your rock star birthdays, rock star death days, and new music to look forward to right here on GeekWire. There you have it. We got any news stories to round us out?
1: couple. Um I think I'm going to skip over the... We talked about Zach Wilde and Pantera enough. I'm going to skip that one today. But uh, this one, uh, this will generate I did, some...
0: Hang on. I got something. Late breaking news. Zach Wilde is learning Pantera songs by watching YouTube videos. Yeah. Just like all the other young guitarists out there nowadays.
1: I would have killed to have had YouTube back in the 90s. No
0: kidding. I'd have probably actually learned how to play guitar halfway decent <laughs> if I'd have had the internet back then. Back then, right. we didn't have it so easy. You want to learn how to play guitar? You couldn't just look it up and watch your favorite player play it. You better hope you got a VHS tape. You can watch mm-hmm. it and rewind it and watch it and rewind it. But, yeah, otherwise there was these things called tablature. <laughs> 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 Young kids won't know what that is. Which
1: were never guaranteed to be accurate either. Right. And a lot of times were not. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> um, okay, so this will generate some discussion. Here's some KISS talk for you. Um Vulture, uh, which is a website that does a lot of in-depth articles, uh, put out an article called All 240 Artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Ranked from Best to Worst. And we are not going to cover all of them. We're going to talk about the KISS section in here because it's very quotable, and I'm looking forward to Aaron's response to this. (laughs) So,
0: You know, if it's... ah, I'm used to KISS being ranked on these things pretty low, so what are they, 240? Two thirty one, two thirty one. Golly. What the hell? So
1: and here's what they had to say in the article. Another 70s era outfit band with two and a half decent songs and many decades of pointless recording and touring. Today, they are not a rock band anymore. I agree with that. Just a screechy PR operation in front and some guys who go through the motions of recording once in a while before going out on the road, which is where the money is. I suppose there's some argument to be made that cartoons are a fine rock tradition, maybe starting with Screamin' Jay Hawkins, proceeding to Alice Cooper, Kiss, and then who? Marilyn Manson? But is the argument that Marilyn Manson should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Gene Simmons' is so low rent his reality show makes Keeping Up with the Kardashians look like The Wire. The year of the band's induction, Simmons and Stanley tried to make the case that the non-entities they are playing with these days should go in the hall along with original members Fraley and Chris. They were turned down, but much as I hate to say it, they were right. If Pearl Jam and the Dead can call the shots about who gets in, why not Kiss? I agree with that. Yeah. Now, to be fair, here's an alternative view. From one-time Hall of Fame nominating committee member Bill Adler, his quote is, By the time I got there, Kiss was already a scandal. It was an ongoing com- campaign. The argument was they were so big, but the snobby nominating committee wouldn't give them the time of day. Yeah, Fuck nice. Kiss. I never cared, but every year you could depend on representatives from the Hall of Fame in Cleveland, the guys on the ground, to come in and say, there's not a day that goes by that someone from Cleveland doesn't get in my face. Why isn't kissing the Hall of Fame? Yeah. And at a certain point, I thought, you know, fuck me. This is a popular art form. I voted for them. Nice. But, but uh, I mean, there's a little bit of praise kind of in a begrudging right. way here, yeah. but, uh, but pretty brutal there.
0: <laughs> that is pretty shitty. Yeah. I can't imagine... I don't even want to know the rest. I don't even care about the rest. After that, your whole theory of your top 240 artists ranked from best to worst is shot to shit right off the bat. Like, if I was reading that, I would get to 231 and be like, oh, this is bogus bullshit, and not even read the rest of it.
1: Yeah. Well, one spot ahead of Kiss is Whitney Houston. (laughs) Good Lord. Yeah, but uh, Queen was 237.
0: Come on. And Again, I'm not the biggest Queen fan in the world, but really
1: yeah the who made it to 50 what acdc is 97
0: do i dare even ask who was number one
1: number one chuck berry
0: okay i mean yeah i mean if you talk about like the the who started it you gotta really kind of look at chuck berry
1: uh to the beatles Three, Bob Dylan. Four, Elvis Presley. Five, James Brown. We'll round out the top ten. Six is Prince. Seven is the Ramones. That's a lot of praise for them. The
0: Ramones over the Stones? Yeah. Wow. That doesn't happen very often.
1: Eight, Nirvana. Nine, Buddy Holly. Ten, Muddy Waters. Well, where the fuck is the Rolling Stones? The Rolling Stones are 13th. Wow. Zeppelin's 14th. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So it's... It's, I mean, it's just a racket. These things are designed to make people talk, and that's what we're doing, so they succeed I (laughs) mean,
0: because anybody can do that. I mean, we made two full episodes out of our own Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where we inducted, according to the rules, the way it should be, and it sure ain't what Vulture thinks it should be.
1: I still haven't gotten a thank you from Killer Dwarfs. That's fucked up.
0: (laughs) Stevie Rochelle sent me albums in the mail, so I'm good. That's true.
1: I think I, well, I, I, helped a little with that.
0: <laughs> oh, it wasn't just thank you for inducting me into the rock and roll hall of fame on Tufts first year of eligibility. I'm sure that was part. of I'm it. sure it was. Yeah. But, uh,
1: but yeah, no, just kind of a bullshit article, but you have to touch on it. I'm, I'm Cobras and fire will probably go in depth into that list. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, just a couple more. Um, Pretty lame. did you, did you see what, uh, Metallica did, uh, recently?
0: Um no uh, uh-uh. uh. I don't think so.
1: They did a special concert in Hollywood, Florida, that our friend Doctor Fuck was actually at. Um, oh yeah, where they they celebrated the life of uh, Johnny Z and his wife Marcia, and they included nothing but early early days st- material in wow. the set. I want to I do want to read off the set list because it's pretty impressive. So creeping death. Ride the Lightning, Motor Breath, No Remorse, Trapped Under Ice, The Call of Cthulhu, Phantom Lord, Am I Evil, Metal Militia, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Whiplash, Fade to Black, Seek and Destroy, and then the encores are Fight Fire with Fire, Blitzkrieg, and Hit the Lights.
0: Wow. It's like my ultimate Metallica concert.
1: That's a dream set.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I'm sure glad the good doctor got to go witness that firsthand.
1: Yeah, that must have been amazing to see.
0: Yeah. Because I'd be scared to go see Metallica, and it'd be a bunch of songs that I don't really care about. But, I mean, can you imagine you'd be blown away one right after another?
1: Yeah, there's not a skipper in that one.
0: No. Like, I pissed myself three times. Thank you, Metallica.
1: Yep. So I got one more I want to go out on, and um, we're not going to talk, uh, well, kind of going to talk Ozzy today, but it's going to be talking more about Sharon Osbourne. Uh, she has blasted Bruce Dickinson in an interview, calling him a fucking asshole who is jealous of Ozzy Osbourne.
0: Wow, I remember the beef they had back in the day.
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of bringing up old news, but I guess she brought she was interviewed uh, with Con- consequence, and she said Bruce Dickinson is a fucking prick. <laughs> well, no, he's not a prick because a prick's nice. He's a fucking asshole. Because the situation is, he was on a tour called OzFest, and Ozzy was paying him every night to perform. He accepted the gig. He knew what he was doing. He accepted the gig. And every night he would go on stage and say bad things about Ozzy. And the crew and everybody and all the other bands would be like, are you letting him get away with it? And I'm like, I sure am. Uh, but the last gig was uh, in L.A., and I thought, you motherfucker, now you're going to get it. And so I had about 20 people in the audience, and a lot of them were nurses from Cedar sinai because I had cancer at that time. And they were all my chemo nurses. And they all came down and they fucking pelted the shit out of him. And my thing is, you, you play, you pay. And the thing is, if you're being paid to do a gig, but you don't like the person, then fuck
0: off. What does that mean? What does that mean? They pelted the shit out of him.
1: They, they threw eggs at
0: him. Oh, with eggs. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but don't stay. Don't don't stay take the money take all the good that's coming to your band through being on a festival doing 24 shows and still slagging the person that's paying you it's like no that makes you a fucking asshole and he is and he's never apologized he never even went up to ozzy to to say hello the thing about him is he's just so jealous wow. and he's always been of ozzy and that's his problem and then
0: why take the, the gig
1: i don't money i guess uh and then she says, this but is the part But then
0: you take the gig for money, and then you go up there and talk shit about... I don't know. I don't understand that. Well, how does that benefit anybody?
1: No, I didn't... Um, but didn't, here's where this is. She goes, because the thing about Bruce Dickinson, he's hugely successful. He's got a great fan base, a great fan base that's been loyal. The band are great, guys. All the band are great, and they do great. You know, they're a great band. You can't take it away. Neither would I take that All away right. from them. But the thing about Bruce is he's unknown to the public. Bruce Dickinson could walk into anywhere and nobody would know who the fuck he is. Do you know what I'm saying? He's a faceless singer to the general public. People aren't scrambling to get him for an interview. And the thing is, he's not interesting. But the thing is, Ozzy is original and Bruce isn't. And that's what eats Bruce away. Hmm. I disagree on that one.
0: I mean, to the point of being a faceless singer... I think about like people, like singers and bands that are instantly recognizable. That couldn't walk into, say, a Starbucks or something. Like if I'm standing in a Starbucks and Ozzy Osbourne walks in, I think a good number of the people in there are going to immediately know who he is. Yeah. Iron Maiden, on the other hand, they were never on their album covers. Mm -hmm. You know, you've seen if you look at the Ozzy discography, it's Ozzy on almost every single album cover. Well, yeah. Iron Maiden always had the awesome artwork. So as far as being somebody that's instantly recognizable, I could see how that would take an effect where people might not recognize Bruce Dickinson walking into the Starbucks, you know, especially nowadays, a little bit older, you know, short hair, could be anybody. All right. But it probably has got a lot to do with the fact that if Iron Maiden would have had pictures of themselves on every album cover instead of artwork... That might not be the case.
1: Well, on her saying that Ozzy's original and Bruce isn't, I don't know. There's not really that many people that sound like Bruce Dickinson, and, I don't, and there certainly didn't seem to be anybody that sounded like him before he came no. on the scene.
0: Yeah, there's people now that want to sound like him because they want to sound like Bruce Dickinson, but as far as originality at the time, I don't think anybody sounded like him. No. You know, I mean, he he should have bit the head off
1: a dove or something, and maybe he would be more less faceless. I don't know. But But, uh,
0: to go and accept a gig, I'm going to be opening up for this band, whatever band it is. You know, it's like me and Chris Sinzak are going to go do comedy before the Nickelback show. But then all our jokes are about how shitty Nickelback is.
1: <laughs> that sounds like a fun gig.
0: <laughs> <laughs> While it lasts, you know, <laughs> yeah.
1: for one night.
0: <laughs> but I imagine, you know, if you do that, you know, you got, I mean, for Ozfest, it's different. Iron Maiden is strong enough on their own. They don't need to be on Ozfest. But to mm-hmm. go on there and say, hey, everybody that you you are here tonight to see the band coming up later on let's hear it for the band coming up later on you hear that a million times from the opening acts we thank the headlining band for allowing us to be on stage to warm up for you folks you know this that you know get out there and be like yeah we're opening for these fuckers but you know they <laughs> suck you're probably not going to get a good reaction i mean maybe on the festival it might be a little bit different but on like a tour I don't know if everyone's there to see Ozzy because it's Ozfest. Right. I think you'd piss off a good portion of the audience by doing that.
1: Well, I, I remember when this happened at the time, and I, I think the only thing I can remember Bruce really saying about Ozzy, he was doing it kind of indirectly. He would say stuff in between songs, something like, you're never going to see the guys in Iron Maiden do their own reality show. Hmm. And that was when the Osbornes was on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you know that that was, that was certainly not Ozzy's idea. That had to have been Sharon's thing.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: So, and I think that's what pissed her off the most.
0: Yeah, I mean, because you can't slag on Ozzy for you know his place in rock music history or royalty. Yeah. But wow. you can give him shit for doing a reality show because that's not but very metal.
1: You can, but I wouldn't be doing it from the stage at a show called Ozfest either. That you're
0: getting <laughs> you know? paid to be on. Yeah
1: not a good it's not It's poor form on bruce's part so i do agree with sharon on that i I think it's
0: pretty awesome that she set him up at the end to get pelted can you imagine you're up on stage playing and people are actually throwing eggs at you oh yeah like and you don't even know what it's about at the moment
1: probably the band was probably shocked i do i think i remember seeing video footage of it too back in the day
0: like he didn't know they weren't down there with a sign saying this is from sharon or this is from ozzy Mm -hmm. all of a sudden them eggs just start flying (laughs) you gotta be like what is going on oh man egg on your face Bruce Dickinson don't fuck with Ozzy
1: well that's all I got for GeekWire
0: right, well there you have it that's your GeekWire for the week the latest and greatest happenings in the world of rock and roll and who better to bring it to you than myself and Chris Sinzak and we're gonna keep doing it every single week we got more stuff coming your way. A lot of cool things before the end of the year. What we're doing next, I'm not really sure. I had an idea, but I don't think it's a good one. I need to talk to you about that when we get done. <laughs> okay, we will do. All right, we'll see everybody else next time.
1: See ya.